So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. Um, I'm your host, Aaron LeBauer, and today is uh, my perpetual guest, Greg Todd. Um, Greg's been on the show as much as I have. No, I'm just joking, but Greg's, <laughs> Greg's been on a lot. Um, and the reason is, is because Greg and I talk a lot, and Greg and I help each other a ton, and there's you know some cool things that we're doing. And I wanted to have him on the show because Greg just had me on his show, but because we really, I think the main thing is we chat and we're like, oh, we should be sharing our, our talks. So we're really here to just talk and share our thoughts about what's been going on with us and what's been going on with our clients and how you can level up your life, your business and become invincible. Right, Greg? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pretty much. Isn't it Tony, Tony, I know a lot of people say this, but isn't it Tony Robbins for the last years has been like, winter's coming, you know, and he's those big hands. He's like, winter's coming. Right. Yeah, winter's coming. You got to be ready. I think winter's winter's here. I mean, not just in Greensboro, but right. Winter is here um, for for many of us. Well, pretty much winter is here for all of us. And it's very, very evident by the behavior of so many people. And it's it's so it's so clear to me that people are acting either one of two ways. They are either leaning into it and they're going all in or they're in full retreat mode. Yeah. There's, there, there is absolutely, there is nothing in the middle anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I thought retreat mode happened in 2020, but that was just like a appetizer. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, yeah. No, no, no. This is, this is, this is where, it's, I mean, it started in 2020, but this is where it's really at. Like, yeah. you know, um, you know, what happened in 2020 shocked us. It was like a shocker. It was like when you do that cold shower. I, I did mm -hmm. a cold shower this morning. So I was like, there's a, whoa, 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 what just happened yeah. there? Yeah. Then it's like, all right, some people either leaned into it and said, all right, you know what? This is my opportunity. And then some people retreated. But yeah. now with everything that's going on with the constant things that you're hearing, you're having, it is so clear to me. This, this is like the hot water heaters running out. Like you're the fifth person to shower in the morning and the hot water is just running out. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> people are either going all in or people are retreating. Like right. they're in total retreat mode and there's really nothing in between. It's going to be very clear who the winners are coming out yeah. of this. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I was at, uh, I did this uh, two-day mastermind this weekend, Project Black Site and Dan Fleischman. Uh, do you know who Dan Fleischman is? Yeah. So for people listening, he uh, he was one of the youngest founders to take a company um, public, I think at like age of 23 or 24. And he was talking about how, um, you know, he owns, I mean, he owns so many things. They own some restaurants, some like um, Poke Bowl restaurants. And he's like in 20, in 2020, he owned like 20 of them. And then he said, when everyone started retreating in 2020, they said, you know, let's raise some capital and go buy more. And they bought another 20. And he's like, now he owns 600 restaurants in, you know, and because the things aren't going away, 
Like I see them everywhere. They're in Greensboro now. Like I don't know if they're his stores, but it's like the biggest businesses are built when everyone else runs away and retreats. Yep. Right. I mean, when I look at, I look at even, you know, on a much smaller scale, I look at between 2008 and 2010, 2008, you know, my physical therapy business was probably doing, I don't know, maybe like six, 600, you know, mm-hmm. and then by 2011, I was doing maybe like 1.4, 1.5. I mean, like at that point I doubled. You know, and I didn't even know what I know today. I didn't even have the mindset that I had today. I just didn't quit because I didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? Right. I had kids. So, so it's like, it's like, all right, I got to figure this thing out. You well, know you what I mean? You did have a choice. You could have gone back and worked for, you know, home health or the hospital, right? Well, here, you know what? Let Here, let me say it this way, Aaron. Why didn't I you have a choice? High enough standards. Yeah. <laughs> I had high enough standards to think that I didn't have a choice. Yeah. I think a lot of people, their standards are so low, they realize that, wait a minute, I do have a choice for mediocrity. There has never been an option for me to ever work for someone again. Like mm-hmm. like my standards have gone beyond that because I realize my relationship with myself, my relationship with the people that I care about, my friends, my family are way too important for me to ever work for someone again. I and by the way, I'm not I'm not judging anybody if you work for somebody whatever. I'm just saying for me and my situation, that ish wasn't going to work. My standards were high enough for me to actually think I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Most people's standards are so damn low, they believe they have lots of choices to continue to go and trade all their time for money, work for the man, never have control over how much they want to charge how much they want to do, when they want to do things. So their standards are low and you you get what your standards are. You don't you don't right. get any more than that. And I think why like why are people's standards low? Is that what they were taught or that's what they expected and no one expected more of them? Or they don't see like or is it that they just don't see what's possible on the next level? Uh, I mean I think I think it's so funny. I kind of just alluded to this a little bit yesterday. I think people's standards are low because of what they've been exposed to, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that's the main thing, right? Um, you know, I come from a middle-class family. Uh, parents didn't have any big-time money or anything like that, you know? So to me, going to college was like what we were expected to do. Right. Um, if I could make $90,000 a year, that would have been absolutely incredible for my family, Right. Um, it's just the standards. So I think that's that's one. I think I think then I think there's there's a couple more things. I think most people don't push for more or go for more because of fear. Uh, I think it's fear of failure because if you're gonna go beyond what the norm says and you try to do more than what all the other crabs in the bucket are doing right. and you fail, then there's gonna be a lot of judging there, right? Like, see, you should have done that. See, you should have just stayed here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I think fear of failure is one of the reasons why people don't go for more. Um, I think fear of success is another reason why people don't go for more because when you're now successful, so let's just say you do make it, then it's like, oh, like, I mean, I've had family say this to me. Oh, like, oh, like they think they're better than everybody now. They think they're this, they think they're that, da, 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 da. So it's always fear of leaving your crab bucket, right? Of you not being accepted anymore. And I think both one and two, the fear of failure and the fear of success, all come into the fear of being judged by others. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, 
I want to be accepted by you. You want to be accepted by me. You want to be expect, um, um, accepted by your family. You want to be accepted by your colleagues. And any of those things of you trying to do what they aren't doing opens you up to be judged. Right. You throwing out emails, Aaron, opens you up to be judged. Mm -hmm. You doing an event that is not the normal event, bro. If you were just going to do a continuing education thing, showing people how to dry needle for the 18th time, you wouldn't be judged, bro. No. You're good. Well, it might be because someone might go, well, there's no clinical efficacy for that technique and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just because, like. Because for that person, if let's just say, and by the way, the only person that's doing that is either A, uh, a non-dry needler mm -hmm. or B, a dry needler that has a scarcity mindset and is afraid that you're going to take away a customer or two from them. Right. So, like those are the only people that are doing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so at the end of the day for you now, here's the problem with you. The problem with you is that you've decided to actually truly help people actually create freedom in their lives. Now that is the most taboo thing you could do in healthcare because now you've got some of these young kids coming out and they're making more money than these old ass 45 year old, you, mm -hmm. you, you know, clinicians. <laughs> so you're exposing them for the mediocrity that they've been their entire life. It triggers the hell out of people. I know. It creates a lot of guilt, <laughs> a lot of regret, and it messes up their bias. So you doing what you're doing for PT BizCon, you doing what you're doing for PT Email Edge, you doing what you're doing with the Cash PT Blueprint, all those things, bro, they're so freaking triggering for people, people yeah. that have never been able to get out of the bucket. Right. Right. The the image I had in my head was like someone's been farting under the covers for 40 years and I finally just lifted it up and they just smoke I smoked them out of the room. Woo! <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, that's Aaron's brain, you know, like, but it's you know, that's where well, one, that's where the ideas come, they pop in, but it's you're right, Greg. Like I came in from I came in as a massage therapist and been doing this for a long time, and I was like, I expected more. Um, and so, but I also see, like, I mean, I had lunch with, uh, Ben Boggy on Sunday, um, when I was in San Diego and the dude two and a half years out of PT school is making over a million dollars in his business, you know? And then I've got people who are like, I've been doing this for 40 years. They send me emails. Who are you to teach this? I've been doing this longer than you. I'm like, have you really, you know, I'll, I look them up and they're like, been doing this since, you know, 2016. I'm like, okay, well, I started my first business in. 1999. But again, but okay, but here, here, let's talk about what, so, so, so where's that argument, you know, coming from? Cause a lot of times, bro, we just have to kind of yeah. dive deeper into what's the root of this. Yes. Well, how have we been trained and how have we, we've been indoctrinated. I'm talking the prior Aaron, the prior Greg. Yeah. Okay. The way we've been trained and indoctrinated is that, is that our value in this world and by the way, we all want to be valuable. Okay. We, we all, you want it. I want it. The person that's listening to this podcast, you know, wants it. Everybody wants to be valuable, but we've been trained in, in not just in healthcare, but in all traditional sectors that your, your experience is what creates value. Right. So you giving a story of Ben is very triggering for people, mm -hmm. very triggering for people that are 30, 40 years out. And yeah, fine. You started a practice three years ago. Okay, great. That's that's awesome, and I'm 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 happy for you. But um, but it's very triggering for them to hear someone that's out two two and a half years and they're making a million dollars in their business. Yeah. It's really hard because because now you've broken their uh, their belief system that 
uh, years of experience aren't actually the thing that creates the most value in the right. world. Right. And that's why, I mean, it's, it's the years of experience of treating patients as a PT and getting that OCS, which I know you have, and I don't, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't even have it anymore, bro. You can keep right? you can that. You can throw that in the damn All right, nice. But you know, people are like, oh, this is so important. Like that's what we're trained to think is that experience and credentials are more important and going to create a, a better experience for patients, which right. is really far from the truth. And I think what it does for people is it for if if they don't push it away or put it down, it forces them to admit that they've made a mistake somewhere. And that's the number one thing people hate to do is admit that they could have done something differently or better. Right. Because it creates regret and regrets a really, really tough emotion to deal with. Right. Tough emotion to deal with if if you um, if you don't believe uh, in the verse in the Bible that says that wisdom is much greater than gold, understanding much greater than silver. See, for me, I have regrets. Mm -hmm. But from my regrets, I've now realized that my regrets are um, basically opening me up to saying, what could I do different? Right. Hey, what can I do different in the future? And then what can I do to help other people that are a few steps behind me so that they don't have to deal with that same regret. Mm -hmm. You see, I, th that's called wisdom. By the way, you can use that as a clinician as well, yeah. right? On what things have you done? Just think, and by the way, we do it all the time, right? Like you work with a client, right? Let's say a person has ACL or whatever, and you're you're young out of school or whatever, and you push the person too hard because you get super excited and then you screw them up, right? Okay, and you send them back two, three weeks, right? Okay, you have some regret there. But see, from there, we're like, oh crap, all right, this is what I'm gonna do in the future. You get better. Right. But we have a hard time when it comes to regret outside of the clinical practice. Like, crap, man, I should have been learning how to speak and communicate better. I should have been in, uh, you, you know, rooms of people that actually want to promote me and I want to promote them. I should have learned how to collaborate more. And you haven't done that for the first 20, 25, 30 years of your career. Right. Well, now you don't want to you don't want to, you know, address that. See, now, if you learn how to address that. And you address that from now, even though it might have taken you 20, 30, 40 years, you start to address that from now. You're now turning that into wisdom. Right. And I bet Greg right now would be like, ooh, that's a cool thing that I didn't know about. Wish I could have done that five years ago, but I'm going to learn it right now and apply it. Versus like, you know, which is a very different mindset, right? Then, then I'm going to throw it away and ignore it because... I'm set in my ways and this is the way I've always done it. And this works for me for some reason, you know, like, I don't know, like clinical skills, business skills. I mean, there's so many things to learn. I know Greg right now is like, okay, I've been doing it this way. Maybe I should be doing it that way. And I'm going to go figure it out if it makes sense right. rather than, than be like, I would never do that and bash it. You know, I mean, that's a, just an abundance mindset and a growth mindset versus a. Yeah, man. You, you know, it's so it's so funny that you say that because I have a, a new employee here and I was actually having a really um, good discussion with her, uh, you know, yesterday. So on Monday, when we come in, I basically like have different things, initiatives, things that I want to do differently, this, that, da, 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 you know, and I do it every Monday, right? It's like, I have time over the weekend to think, to process and okay, what can we do to get better? And initially it was really tough for her. Because she felt as though, oh my gosh, I'm not doing my job good. They're going to mm -hmm. fire me. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how we work. She's like, I've always worked at places to where nothing ever changed. I was like, well, if you're working for me, 
things always change because I'm trying to constantly get better. I do this thing. And if you guys are listening on a podcast, I do try, fail, analyze, adjust. Like I'm always trying new things. I'm And if I'm trying, that means that I'm failing. Because if you do mm -hmm. something for the first time, you're going to probably suck at it. So I'm trying things, I'm failing. And then I'm analyzing what happened. And then we're adjusting. So every single week, something new is happening. And to everyone, including myself many years ago, that have this mindset that, oh my gosh, failure is so bad, da, 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 da. I think you're doing terrible with things. And I'm like, oh no, you're doing fantastic. Yeah. You're doing great. As long as you understand that we're here to grow and expand, you know, and for most of us, that's, this is not what we do. Right. Dude, I love that. Try, fail, analyze, and adjust. So I, I, I'm, I'm listening to that and going like, yeah, that's what I do. And yeah. one of the things I've learned that I have to teach people, at least my, especially my coaching clients who do like funnels and things like that. They're like, well, why isn't the funnel working? I'm like, well, you have to analyze all parts of the funnel to figure out which part isn't working. Right. So what have you, like, just for example, like what's something you've tried, you failed at, you've adjusted, and then it's made a big difference. Oh gosh. Um, this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here, look, I mean, here, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I did, I did my first ever challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, how about that? Let's, let's, yeah. let, let's talk about that. Um, I'll give you a clinical example and I get, and I'll do the non-clinical example. Mm -hmm. All right. So today, um, I have, you know, a few businesses and one of the businesses I have is like consulting and I may, I mainly do events, right. Mm -hmm. Virtual events, a lot of events like Aaron. So, so my first ever challenge that I did, um, what I did is I tried to start it and promote it like the week before the actual challenge. Okay. All right. And I put it at a certain price point. The price point was $97 mm -hmm. for the challenge and then $297 for the VIP of the challenge. Right. Okay. So the first time I, I gave it a week. Okay. And I put out, you know, messages and this and that, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I tried. And we did pretty good, right? Okay, we did we we did pretty good. I think we had like 65 people there or something like that, 65, 70 people there, you know. Um, and we did really well. You know, we had like, I don't know, maybe like $150,000 in sales and this and that and blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. The next time I did the same exact thing. I'm like, well, that works. I'm doing the same exact thing. Same exact thing. And I got half the amount of people. I tried this time. It didn't because I did the same exact thing. But guess what? Because I failed that time, I realized, wait a minute, let's analyze this out. What did I do last time that I, I was like, wait, I did pretty much all the same stuff. But what I realized is that I didn't take a different angle to show people how this, based on what people were dealing with at the time, was going to be different than what mm -hmm. I had done before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happened was that the people that signed up, Half the people that signed up for the challenge were people from the last challenge that were so excited. Actually, it wasn't even half. It was like 65% of the people from the last challenge did, but it really wasn't something that my audience that hadn't bought my stuff actually wanted. So it you was didn't just, give the new people a different reason to join. They said no to the uh, first reason, you know, the, you know, whatever you converted, let's say you converted 20% of people. And that was whatever, you know, the people that enrolled and the other 80% on your email list and audience were like, no, no, no. The you next time, right. The next time you did it, you know, out of the, you know, 60% of the people that enrolled joined again and a few people did, but that other like 75%, it was the same reason to join and they didn't think it was going to apply to them. So you really have to give them a different reason to come in. Right. You, you gotta give it, but bro, that, that right there was the analyze. Yeah. 
oh crap, didn't realize I did that. Okay, great. So then the next, so then I adjusted and then I adjusted for the next time. And guess what we did? We doubled it. Wow. Wow. So you guys, that's what we do. That's the non-clinical. Clinical is what you do in the clinic every single day. You're working on a client. You're trying some type of technique. You're doing this. You're doing that. You try it. The person then gives you a response. They say, hey, you know what? This actually worked really well for me. You know something? I didn't feel so good with this. What do you do? You just keep on doing it over and over and over again? No, that person's going to leave. So what you do, you analyze it by getting feedback from them, and then you adjust your treatment. When you adjust your treatment, the people are very thankful because they're like, wow, this person is responsive and this person is listening to me. So if you're willing to do, and by the way, doesn't that make sense, you know, clinically? Yeah. So why wouldn't we do that with our business? Right. Right. Let me give, That's let me give my example because it tails really close to yours. Um, when in 2020, when I launched uh, Income Impact Academy, it was first called Income impact something else like university or whatever. And I was going to do two hours a day for five days in a row. I was going to teach webinars, podcasts, courses, sales page, and, you know, writing a book or something like that. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And it was $197. And I spent a whole week in like June doing it. Not a single person signed up. Right. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm done. Like people don't want to learn this, whatever. I came back four weeks later, Greg, I changed the name from, I think, university to academy, just income impact academy. And I said, uh, what I did is I made a, the, the subject line or the, the subheading was launch a course and make more money in 30 days. That's the only thing I changed. And I took about, I took four fifths of the content away and we did, uh, I sold 67 of them or wait a minute. 80, some 67 the first time, and then maybe 90 and then 67. I did it another two months later and at a higher price. And it was like, holy cow. But all I did was make one change. And I think what people fail to realize is they think the thing isn't working. It's so I need to stop rather than asking why didn't it work and what doesn't resonate with people and which, because I had people message it. The first time I had people responding to the Facebook posts and the DMs, but no one paid the money. Right. So I had to go, which step did people stop it? Well, that was clear that no one paid the money, but there's a lot of times where people aren't opting in or they're not moving into the upsell or, you know, there's a, it's an analyze of it. And then it's not being afraid to go in and trying it again and right. risking feeling like a failure again to help somebody. You know, what's so interesting. So again, I think most people, Based on what you're telling me, I think most people, it's not the try part they get hitched up on, but it's the fail part. So they do try, fail, stop. Instead of try, fail, analyze. If you just did try, fail, and if you did try, fail, stop with that first thing that you mm -hmm. did, and then you stop, that's it. But you did try, fail, you analyze, said, okay, well, what was the step that everybody stopped on? And then you tried to do something that to fix that step. So you went try, fail, analyze, and then you adjusted. Mm -hmm. And then you start the whole process over and then look what happened. I just think that, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but, um, but I really do believe that the reason why people don't want to fail is because of the judgment of others. That's really it. Like, I want you to think, is your house a two-story house? Yeah. Okay. So have you ever like tripped going up the stairs, like just kind of <laughs> clipped, clipped your toe on, on a stair or something? A have, lot of times. I've tripped fall, coming down the steps. <sighs> So let me ask you something. So you trip, you trip going up the steps, yep. you trip going down the steps. Yeah. At the time that you trip, 
okay, and maybe hopefully you didn't fully fall, but even if you did fall, like, and nobody was around, okay? Let's just say the kids aren't there, nobody's mm -hmm. there, okay? They're not around. Like, are you like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna go up the stairs again? No. No, and if nobody's around, you're like, whatever. Like, I don't care. Yeah. And I mean, I don't care. Like, okay, ooh, ow, man, that hurt my toe. Ooh, ow, that hurt my leg, okay. But if you if you had a party at your house and you had me there and you had like 30 other people there and you tripped, how would that feel different for you versus mm. if you were in the house by yourself? If, if I had you there, we'd laugh. But let's say I had people I wanted to impress there. Yes. Like, like uh, let's say, um, you know, like Bedros was there and um, Myron was there and Russell and all these dudes. And I'm like trying to be like, yo, I'm cool too. And I fell and eat shit. Yeah. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, you'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, dude. And, and so I, I think, I, I think the big thing here, Aaron, is that people aren't really afraid of failure. We say the fear of failure, the fear of failure in regards to success. But really at the end of the day, all it is, is that we care so much about what other people think about us. Right. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody does. Everybody wants to have good health. Does anybody say, oh, I just want to have like suboptimal health? Who the hell says that? Oh, do you just want to be a suboptimal dad? Who the hell says that? I, I just want to have just enough money so I barely scrape by. And once inflation goes up another 3%, well, I can't even pay my bills. Who the hell says that? Nobody wants it. Everybody wants it all. They do. They do. What their their issue is, is what if I try to get it and I don't get it? And what are other people going to say about mm -hmm. me? That's, That's right. the issue. And everybody knows it. That's the issue. Right. Right. So, you know, I was thinking it was funny because I remember I was like, how do you, I was like, all right, how are you going to get over that? I remember having it when I was a kid, I don't know if it was in high school, but my mom was, I was, I probably did something wrong. And my mom was like, stop yelling. The neighbors are going to hear you. And I was like, I don't care if the neighbors hear me. You know, it's like, it was like, oh, like something was so important to me that I don't care what people say. And so sometimes I think like it goes down to is your mission or do you, or important enough? Or do you know why you're doing this? Why is this so important that you don't care what people are going to say? Because you're driven to help people. Right, Aaron, have you have you read the book Principles by Ray Dalio? No, but I know about it. Okay, um, this is a a very 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 good book. Yeah, um, highly recommend that you actually you know what I'll I'll bring a copy of Ray Dalio Principles to PT BizCon and let's have that as a raffle as okay. well. Is that cool? Because yeah, I know you're gonna perfect. All right, so I'm gonna get a copy. It this book is absolutely amazing. Anyways, in the book. He talks about um, shapers mm -hmm. and he says that there are very few entrepreneurs out there that are shapers. He says, Steve Jobs was a shaper. He was a shaper. Ray, Ray Dalio, for most of you that don't know him, um, is probably the most successful investor of all time in the world. Okay. Um, worth like billions and billions of dollars. All right. Um, he says, Elon Musk is a shaper. Jesus Christ was a shaper. Muhammad was a shaper. And he said, it's so interesting because a lot of times people think that shapers don't care about people. 
But he says, there's one main thing that separates a shaper from all the other entrepreneurs out there. You want to know what it is? It's exactly what you just said, Aaron Lebauer. The shaper is someone that cares much more about their mission and about the goal that they are striving for, which usually is very people-centric, mm -hmm. than they do about what others think about them. Yep. And I read that, and I read it again, and I read it again, and I read it again. This was just a couple of days ago. And I was like, I, if I'm going to take my mission to the next level, I need to care more about the mission than anything that people say about Greg Todd. Mm -hmm. If Aaron LeBauer is going to take his mission to the next level, he needs to care more about the mission of helping you all that are listening to this podcast more than any of you trolls that are trying to crucify him for whatever it is that he's doing. He's got to care more about that. And for many of us, the reason why we do not make it is, was, is because we care much more about our image, our ego, and what everyone is thinking about us more than the mission that we have to serve whoever it is that we want to serve. And that's why we're not shapers. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And I think um, it's interesting. I think like, I remember when I was in college or not college, uh, PT school <clears throat> professors were like, Oh, check out this new blog by EIM. And I was like, Oh, great. Go check it out. And I see they're like slamming someone who was one of influential already in my career and make a comment. People come and slam me and I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. You know, like, if, you know, I go on there first and that's how people are going to act online. And I think the internet's like made, made some of that worse in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, but it also increases the reach that we have. And yeah. I think that when did I stop? I think I stopped caring once I got more messages about how I've helped people than how um, people hate you, you know, or people don't like you. But the the problem is, is that the negative negative ones stay longer and they make a more indelible mark. And the good ones don't come as frequently because people are doing great and they're like, they don't know that you want them to say something. And it's, so it's an interesting balance. It's like, it shifted for me, you know, about four or five years ago. And one of the things I did was I put up a little board when I walk in the office, that has got all of like printouts and handwritten messages for people. So I know that like the good things are there, but the negative ones, you know, sting a little bit more. You know, it's so interesting that you say that, the, I mean, a negative ones, one negative one will leave the mark. And there's not as many of the good ones that they say of the main things that you've done for them. But the reality is this. The reality is that people that are winning aren't focused on other people. Right. Just really aren't. Like when I'm winning, I'm focused. I am doing what I need to do. When I'm winning in my relationships, I'm focused on that. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm winning in my business. I'm focused on that. Bro, I don't have any time to be looking at what people are doing. Yeah. Right. So here, here, let me tell you, you have written a book, right? I'm going through the process right now of writing a book. Yeah. If when my book comes out, if my book sucks, right now, as a dear friend of mine, you might be like, Greg, you know, you could have worked on this, but you know what? You're going to respect the fact that I did a book because you did a book, right? And you know how hard it is to do a book. It's really fucking hard. Now I'm your friend. 
Yeah. And if you've noticed, I'm supporting you wholeheartedly to do this event mm-hmm. because I've done an event. Right. And when you've done an event, you know how hard it is to put the event together, to do all the things that are needed to be done for the event. It is very difficult to do. So here's the deal. You're never going to get hate from winners. You only get hate from losers. And that's what I have to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just have and- to remember, I, I, I also have to remember this thing. I got to say this. Mm-hmm. I have to remember that the current president of the United States is hated by 50% of America. I have to remember that the president prior to this president was hated by 50% of America. I have to remember that the president prior to that president was hated by 50% of America. So the most powerful man or the most powerful woman making the most impact in our world is hated by half the people. Right. Millions. Millions so, so, so why the heck do I think that if I'm going to take my mission to the next level, that I'm going to do this in such a way that nobody's going to hate me. Right. That's part of it. That's part of, that's why I know that I need to become someone that can actually deal with that mm-hmm. or I got to be okay with just being totally obscure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a great point. And I, I tell my clients all the time and I've shared this is like, you know, you're doing something right when you get haters. If you don't have haters, you're not doing it as well as you could. You might be doing okay. Right. If you don't have haters and you're not pushing the boundaries, you're not going to change the things you want to change. If you don't have haters, you don't have attention, right? If you don't have attention, you, you have zero awareness and you definitely cannot be positioned as an authority. Mm-hmm. You have no shot. Guys, listen to me when I'm telling you this. You have absolutely no shot of being an authority if you do not have attention. Attention is the first thing. Now, you can have attention and, and be a total you know joker, okay? <laughs> but if you really know what you're talking about, over time, attention will bring authority. People think that they're going to become an authority and you're going to be like, not, no, 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 no. It's attention first. Attention, then authority. With the attention, you can create authority, but you're also going to create people. If And by the way, if you've done this properly and you've communicated very well, it is very clear who you help and who you don't help. So mm-hmm. the people that you don't help are going to be haters. So if you have no haters, that means you have no authority. That means if you have no authority, that means you have no attention. It's not going to happen. So if you don't have any haters, that means that you're totally obscure. You're irrelevant. Right. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because um, I think it's scary for people to be like, oh, I got someone's hating on me. I need to stop. But really, it's it's just a sign to keep going that you're saying the right things. Yeah. And that means a, you someone f- actually knows you. Right. You got to <laughs> flip the switch and people go, why do you use this term? And I'm like, because it 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 triggers an emotion. And that's what we need to do. We need to use, someone said, oh, Aaron, you maybe you shouldn't use this term. I'm like, no, because it's clearly triggering an emotion in you. <laughs> you know, it's going to trigger a positive emotion in the right client. Not, like, a, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, and- like, these are some stats that people should be writing down. How many haters did I get this week? How many people, like you guys, when you get those things, that means you're actually going out of obscurity to attention. That's what you need. And many of you, you're great at what it is that you do, but you'll never make it yeah. because you have zero attention. So you have not increased your network. You haven't expanded your your following. Um, no one knows you. You're not you're 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 not throwing the, the net out wide enough for anybody to know you. Right. And you're frustrated. 
And then what you're doing is by default, you're like, okay, crap, this is not working. Oh my gosh, I need to go to level 19 program to go <laughs> learn this thing more. You don't need that. That is not what you need. What you need to do is you need to get attention. That's what you, that's the reason why we do these events. Mm -hmm. We do events for us to get attention. We do events for you to get attention or for you to learn how to go get yourself attention. That's the only way we're going to be able to hit the missions that we have set out to do. Right. And I think one of the important things to stress is that if you want attention, you have to share what you believe. You can't be like, oh, this is, everyone's going to like this. I need to create a message that everyone's going to approve of because that won't get you attention. You have to be polarizing and you don't have to be neg negative and mean, but you have to say, hey, I believe this and this is like cash-based physical therapy is the future of healthcare, you know? And someone's going to say, hey, no, but that's exclusive of people that don't have a lot of money. And I mean, like, you're only thinking about it in one dimension, right. you know? And, and people get mad and angry but it's because I've shared an opinion that's unpopular or not 100% popular, but it's what I believe because, right. and I realized this, Greg, you know, one of the reasons that I distrust insurance so much is when I was, when I, I only remembered this this weekend when I was 26 and um, I tried to get health insurance. This is back in 2000 and 2000 and uh, let's see, when was it? No, 1998. Right. So it was a while back and I got denied health insurance because I didn't follow physician's orders in air quotes. Well, the medication I was taking Ritalin said, take three times a day. And, but my physician said, just take it whenever you need it. And so mm -hmm. I had to report to the new health insurance company from not having it that, that um, here's the medication I've been prescribed and here's, here's how I'm taking it. And they go, well, we can't give you insurance because you're not following physician's orders. And I'm like, the verbal order was one thing, the written order is another. And they, you know, so I didn't have health insurance and I was like, that was completely out of my control. And I'm like, I, I have a severe distrust of insurance companies. Right, right, right. Yeah. See, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think the one thing that we must understand uh, and everybody says, oh yeah, I believe in abundance. Most of you don't, you, you don't believe in abundance. Here's, here's the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is that for pretty much every single one of you, if you were to get a thousand people, a thousand people that believed in what it is that you said, we call them a thousand raving fans. You'd probably be a millionaire. I mean, for sure, you would be a six figure, multi six figure arm earner. A thousand people paying you $10 a month is $10,000 a month, correct? I think so. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's 120k a year okay it's yeah, that's dope okay. 10 times a thousand yeah yeah that's a thousand is ten thousand right yeah 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 it's pretty cool. 10 bucks yeah, a month you guys dope. 10 bucks a month a thousand raving fans we live in a world where there's eight billion people eight billion people now here's the crazy part you might live in idaho you might live in indiana as you're listening to this you might live in a county that's 38 people and your family is 31 of them, okay? But here's the deal. We have this thing. We, we, we have this thing where I can talk to people. I can literally 
like get on my phone and I can talk to people that are in India, in Bangladesh. I can talk to people in Sri Lanka. I can talk to people in Australia. I've had, I've, I've had clients in Australia. I have clients in UK. I have clients in Africa. I have clients in Jamaica. You guys, I've had clients in so many different countries because I've got this. I've got this. I don't need 8 billion. I don't even need 4 billion. You know what? I don't even need 900 million. I don't even need a million. A thousand. I made my first million having 100 raving fans. 100 raving fans that were paying me $10,000 a month. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because I solved one main problem. By the way, that's if I'm doing it with an agency. I've got other businesses too. Okay. I got businesses where people pay me $100 a month. If I had a thousand people paying me $100 a month, I'm a millionaire. I'm making $1.2 million a year. Let, let's just yeah. say, let, let's put this in simple terms like a clinic. You want to make a million dollars in your clinic? You need 400 people to pay you $2,500 for a plan of care in the That's year. It. That's it. In a year, 400 people. So what does that mean? 400 people divided by 12? 33. That's, than 30, that's like 36 people a month. Yeah. You guys, you guys are overthinking this. You guys have to understand how many people do you need to love you? How, right. how many do you need? Right. Then the other mistake, Greg, I see people making is they're only trying to sell like a program, a back knee shoulder program for like 20 bucks or $39. And I'm like, well, for $39, that might help your knee pain. And what you're really saving is the $2,470 to come see me extra that might be in 10 visits. And uh, you need to charge more because to make a million dollars off of a $20 product, you have to have lots and lots of people, lots and lots yeah. of raving fans. And, and by the way, and by the way, if that's the way that you want to do it off, look, Aaron, when we were at Phone Hacking Live, yeah. I mean, we we both we both have um, gone into the two comma club, right? Yep. And I don't know if you did this, but on Friday, right? On Friday, I I um I started going into the private entrance that they allowed us to go through, and I actually started to go up and introduce myself to all the two comma club award winners. Mm -hmm. You guys, you want to know what I found out through those people? There's there's a couple things that I found out. Number one is I, I saw that these people weren't, um, they didn't come from any big thing. They weren't from any massively wealthy families or this or that. What I saw is that all of them made money through partnerships. That's the first thing, okay? They all made money through partnerships. But what I saw that was different with all of them is that some of them had $20,000 products. Mm -hmm. But then there were some of them, this one girl, actually have her in my phone. She's a teacher. She had a $17 product and that's how she made her million dollars. So guys, at the end of the day, here's the deal. If you want to have a $25 product and that's what you want people to buy, fine. But you got to get attention. Right. Okay. Right. All right. A $25 product, 40,000 people buy it. You make a million dollars. You there just you go. add zeros to one number or the other. Add zeros to one on the other. Okay. Right. You have a $250 uh, product. Fine. Get 4,000 people to buy it. You make a million dollars. Okay, crap. You know what? I want to get 400 people. Okay. 400 people to buy your thing. All right. $2,500. Okay. All right. 40. Okay. Great. 
Okay, then you can have something that's very exclusive, like what Aaron and I have in our different programs and whatnot. Fine, then you need um, you need $25,000 from each person. 40 people, you make a million dollars. Let's not overthink this here. Okay, now for me, I'm in the business of having all of them. Because mm -hmm. I, I have a mission and I want to meet people where they are at. But that's also someone that's built the game for quite a while. Right. So I started with the low stuff. I started actually the middle stuff. And then I went higher. And then I said, okay, now I want to go lower so that I can bring more people in. Be mm -hmm. Right? You guys, you guys are overthinking this thing. But the problem is, is that most of you are working in a system or a setup to where you are totally capped with how you actually make money. That's your issue. And you don't believe in abundance. You don't believe that other people can help you. Here, here do you mind if I plug your event for a second? Sure, please. <laughs> the reason why I'm coming to your event, there's two reasons, okay? Re reason number one is I told myself in 2023, I've got to, we've got to meet at least two times a year. Actually, my goal, I maybe I should tell them this. My goal is for us to see each other really four times this year, okay? okay perfect. I already know I'm going to see you in Charlotte. I know you're going to be busy, okay? Yeah. But I'm going to be with you, right? So that's going to be cool. I know you're going to be down here in June with me in Clearwater. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And then my whole thing is like, all right, we got to do two more times because when I'm around the right people, my life gets better. I feel filled. I feel rejuvenated. He sees things that I can't see. I see things that he can't see. It's a very mutually beneficial, uh, you know, relationship. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. The deal is that the reason why you all need to go to events like that event is because you all don't know enough people. And many of you have amazing gifts, but you know something? You're broke. You want to know why? Because nobody knows you. Mm -hmm. But there's someone at the event, and I, kn I know this is going to happen. There is someone at your event that I don't know right now, that when they meet me, they're going to know me. You know what they're going to do? They're going to put me on their stage. Their stage might be their podcast. Their stage might be their, uh, their group. Maybe it's a group of runners. Maybe it's a group of this. I'm a runner. I'm a physical therapist, da, 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 and I can serve them. Maybe it's people for business. Maybe it's whatever. There's going to be people that are going to be able to take my gift that I have, and I'm going to be able to bring it to their audience. Guess what? I have. I have an audience too. And there are going to be people that I'm going to meet there that I don't know anything about them. And I'm going to meet them. And I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, that person could bring value to my audience. And I'm going to then bring them to my audience so that I become more value to my audience. And right now, I can tell you right now that the majority of you, your issue right now is that you do not have attention. And there's nothing that you're doing on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis that is intentional about getting more attention. And I'm going to use Aaron LeBauer's stage and his ability to sacrifice and create this awesome event for me to go and get more attention. And every single person that's going to that event should be using that event for them to get more attention because attention follows money. Mm -hmm. Money and follows attention, attention. Creates impact. And without attention, you will never be an authority. Yep. So either you don't have the attention and somebody's going to be there that can give you the attention, or you're going to learn from the speakers that do have attention, how to get attention. Either way you win. Yeah. If you can't understand that, then I'm telling you right now, 2023 is going to be a total train wreck for you. Period. The end. 
Yeah. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> but it is. I mean, and I think what's the other thing people are like, well, which event do I go to? What event do I go to this year? I mean, you and I go to multiple events a year. Right? Yeah, because they all pay off tenfold. Yeah. That's the reason why. Like, that's the reason why. Because, because people don't understand the era of wealth that we're in. Okay, you guys, here's the deal. I, I want everybody to really get this. I'm not going to go through all the different eras of wealth, but I'll here, you know, I'll quickly go through it. It started with agriculture. Okay. If you own land, you made money. Okay, great. We moved out of that in the mid 1900s. We went to the industrial Re uh, revolution. If you can make machines, you made money. Okay. And then we went into the distribution era. Whereas if you had stores, you made money. And then after that, we went to the technology area. If you were Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, you made money. And then after that, we went into the information age. If you were, uh, you know, Mr. Google, or you were part of the dot-com, that's how you made your money. It was people that distributed the information and they were able to distribute it now, not just through TV and through radio. If you could distribute it on the internet, you became a billionaire. Okay. Where things changed was in the 2000s. In the 2000s, this is where the common dude, the common chick could actually go and make money. And that's why we have so many millionaires that are created today. By the way, there's 22 million millionaires in America today. 8.8% of adults are millionaires. Why the hell are you not? You wanna know why? It's because of the era of wealth that you are participating in. When we went to school, what era of wealth were we learning in school? We were learning distribution. We were part of, the reason why there are so many physical therapists, the reason why there are so many occupational therapists is because during the 1970s, 1950s and 1970s, we had the distribution era. And now instead of you just working at a hospital, now we have outpatient centers and we have this and we have storefronts and whatnot. That's called, dis, that's called the distribution era. The problem is, is that was in the 1950s and 1970s. Okay, the way Aaron and I make the majority of our money and the way we even keep our practices going is through the era that is info edutainment, meaning that the common dude, a black dude from Jamaica that knows one thing, physical therapy, can go onto this thing, this little platform, and I can say, hey, everybody, I'm Greg Todd. Nice to meet you. I help people do this, 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 this. Here's a tip that you can do so you can help your knee. Here's a thing you can do to help your back. And because I'm willing to actually work in the era of wealth, people start to notice me and I get attention. And that's how anyone today can get wealthy. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Since 2008, we now have a new era of wealth. It is partnerships. Aaron LeBauer and I met in 2016. And in 2016, we built on our relationship. And we decided that, you know what? I like you. He was like, I like you too. And then we said, yo, let's hang out a little bit more. And then I created this program called Smart Success for Physical Therapists. And I said, hey, I like you, dude. Would you, you're really good at the cash-based stuff. I don't have cash-based clinics. Could you put like a lesson or two in there for my students? He said, sure. We partnered. From that partnership, we ended up partnering with our first event. From that, I can tell you right now, if me and him didn't do those events, no. our events aren't happening today. No. Our partnership then turned into success partners. And from that, we have gone on to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. You guys aren't partnering with anybody. You guys are like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to make money. It's not hard to make money if you're working in the era that Aaron and I are working in, 
but it's hard to make money when you're working in an era that you were taught from 1950 to 1970. You guys, if you want to make money, you must work in the current era of wealth. So I want you to ask yourself, what partnerships do you have? What partnerships do you have with providers? What partnerships do you have with businesses? What partnerships do you have with community? Okay, what partnerships do you have online? Google wants to partner with you. Instagram wants to partner with you. Facebook wants to partner with you. TikTok wants to partner with you. Snapchat wants to partner with you. And LinkedIn wants to partner with you. Which ones are you partnering with? What people, there's people already that have the audience that you want. Uh, are you partnering with them? So if you aren't, then my question is why? It's because you don't know how to talk to them. Okay, well then get your ass to PT BizCon. Learn. That's the issue, you guys. Sorry, I know I'm going on no, a rant. No. I don't think people really understand this and how easy it is to create wealth. By the way, from today, 2023 to 2026, it's going to double, if not triple, in the amount of millionaires in America. And, so, the, you know, I mean, the, the lesson that I have from you that I think people need to hear that one other piece is as you go and you see what Greg and I are doing, you read the emails, you look at the event sales pages, you buy the thing and you come to the event and you see how people are speaking, how it's putting on. That's also how you learn. It's not just the information at the event. It's the journey that you go on to get there, you know, that you might have, what, what's the email that I send that might trigger you? Or what's the email that Greg sends you like, oh, that was written wrong. You know, it's like, look back at that judgment and say, well, wait a minute, what are they doing that I'm not? And how can I emulate that? not copy us, but emulate that and come to the event. Because one of the reasons going back to earlier that I know my mission so well is I went to a Lewis Howes event and all these guys like Brendan Burchard and um, Esther Perel and E.T. got up there, Eric Thomas got up there. They had these massive missions. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have something that's so big. I was like, oh, I could help. I've helped this many people, thousand people and they work half as hard as I do. I've already helped a couple million people. I was like, that mission isn't big enough. And just by being there and hearing that and being exposed to that, I came away with, I know I need to help a hundred million people worldwide, you right. know, avoid expensive imaging and unnecessary surgery. Like that's my mission. Like that's my, the thing that I'm working towards. And I can do that by helping other PTs, you know, and work in a way that I believe in. Um, and it's like, okay, I got that just by attending the event. And there's so many other things I got, but that was the big thing that I left with. And it wasn't a tactical thing anyone taught. It was the experience that I gathered from being there. I mean, I think one of the biggest things, and my students have said this, I mean, I know that I get this from you. There's, you, you learn by being taught, but you also learn by catching it as well. Yeah. So you learn, learn by being taught and being caught. And so I know that, at least for me, when I go to PT BizCon, I know that there's a lot of people there that inspire me. And not only am I going to learn from them by what they say on the stage or what they say in a private conversation that we have, but I'm also watching how people act and behave with other attendees. I'm watching people that I respect and I admire, and I'm watching how they're serving people, how they're focused. I'm also, yeah, that's guys, that's really it. And, and, and I can only really get that. I can't get that from a course. Like I, like I can get that from an event though, from an mm -hmm. event I can watch, like I can watch how the people are in real time. And then you start to realize that, wow, this is not an accident. Yeah. Wow. They didn't get lucky. Oh, that's how she did it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I see how intentional she was when she was speaking with me or to that attendee that was sitting all the way in the back. Guys, that's how I learned. That's how you're supposed to learn.
you know, and that's what you get. That's what you get. Again, now, if, if your, if your goal is to be like the most ultimate clinician in a specific area, and you could care less about talking with Pete to talk, talking to people, and you really don't mind being broken, you're cool with living with your mom, then, then I would, I wouldn't go. <laughs> but if you're like, wow, I really want to make impact. I really, I put a lot of money into becoming the therapist or the whatever that I am. And I really want this thing to pay off. Here's what my advice to you would be is that learn how to compound your skills. Take the skills that you have right now. Let's add some skills and traits that you don't have. Put that together and watch your whole mission explode. Yeah, that's awesome. And so Greg, it my turn to plug your challenge because you've got this invincible challenge coming up and it's about money, mindset, authority, and can you tell us about it? What, why is it called the Invincible Challenge? Don't... Yeah, bro. So, you know, my brother and I were really, you know, toying with this. And I said, man, I want to make, I, I want to have the biggest challenge I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I want you to have a different name than any of the other challenges that you've done. And so we came at like 25 different names and we kept on going back to Invincible. And he just liked how it sounded. And he saw that nobody else in the marketplace had done it. But I really liked the definition of it. And Invincible means... You're too powerful to be overcome or defeated. And I realized that the last two, two and a half years have unfortunately defeated a lot of people. Uh, And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's like people are either, they're either going all in and they're just crushing it right now or they're getting absolutely destroyed. So because I get to work with a lot of people and I get to see the ones that are crushing it right now with all the odds that you would think would be stacked against them. And I'm like, what is it that they have? What is it that I have? What is it that you have? And I believe you have invincible. I believe you have the invincible mindset. You have a mindset that's so powerful that it can't be overcome or defeated. I believe that you have invincible ways of how you generate income. It's so powerful that it can't be overcome and defeated. If you can't show up tomorrow physically, does it change anything with your income? No. Because you're Aaron LaBauer and the way that Aaron LaBauer generates his income through his clinic and through um, his coaching consulting and through his software and all these other things, it's too powerful to be overcome and defeated. And unfortunately, most people in our space are not invincible. They're not invincible with the way that they think. They're not invincible with how they make their money. They're not invincible with um, the way that they present themselves to the marketplace. They're not invincible with their attention. And so that's what I want to do. Totally free for five days. And, uh, I feel like it's going to be, what did I tell you yesterday? It's going to be the opening act to PT Biscuit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause it's what is the beginning of March. It'll be March it's 6th. A, yeah. March, it's like the week right before PT BizCon. And it's like, it'll like, if, especially if you're coming to PT BizCon, it'll really prepare you for the event and Greg's talk there. So let me, uh, Greg, the link, to, uh, I made a link for people to get it. So if you're listening, just go to labauerconsulting.com forward slash Greg like G-R-E-G, you go to that link and that'll uh, send you to the um, page to enroll in the challenge. It's completely free. I mean, five days of mentoring and coaching. I mean, if you were going to come to my office and do that, it's like $5,000 a day. So you're going to get a ton of value out of Greg. And, uh, you know, I think what there's a couple options, like if you want recordings and to upgrade and things like that, but for anyone, it's free, right? Yeah. So it's free. If you just want to attend a challenge, probably like 45 to 50 minutes every day. Uh, and it's $97 upgrade. If you want to um, be in our breakout rooms and get Q and a with me, you know, for like 30 minutes after um, each day, but That's I mean, and then you get the, 
get the recordings and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, uh, it costs a lot of money to, to, uh, to talk to me. So this is, this is, this is one way that you can get, you know, in front of me for a hundred bucks. Um, but listen, it like, I just want people there and I'm making this challenge to where it's for, it's for healthcare professionals, but it's for, it's for anyone here. Can I talk this real quick story Please. of, um, so, so my cousin, right? My cousin, I don't even know if I, yeah, I didn't tell you this. So my cousin reached out to me, he's 43 and he reaches out to me and he says, Greg, I'm really tired. I'm tired, bro. And, um, and unfortunately he got sued by someone because he had a leak in his apartment or something like that. And the leak went down to the person below him. So anyways, he got sued, whatever, because of this leak and it messed up the person's apartment. So he had to take out a loan. So he, he takes out this loan and he got a loan for his attorney fees and this and that, da, 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 da. I think the loan was like, he, he got a loan for like 25K, okay? So he actually reaches out to me on a Saturday and says, Greg, what should I do with the money? Because his attorney fees were like 13,000. So he had some extra money and he's like, I'm tired. I got four jobs and I don't know what to do. I was like, bro, what I would do personally is I would invest in myself before I invest in like real estate, this, that. I would take the money I'd invest in myself. I'd get myself around people. I'd get myself around the right people. I would learn skills that you don't know so that you can get out of this burnout phase. Okay. Apparently after that, I don't know if he believed me or not, but he went and he called my older brother, mm -hmm. told him the same thing. And my older brother, who's also a millionaire said, I, I would, Jesus, Jesus said, Johnny, I'd invest in myself. Okay. So, so he's like, crap. He's like, Greg, I just got off the phone with Greg like two hours ago. And Greg said the same thing. So my brother calls me up and says, Hey, looks like he's just going around to people. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, dude comes to my challenge. Right. And he paid for it. I, I want to give it to, for free to my cousin, but you know, something. he paid for it. So he paid attention. So he comes to my challenge. He does the whole thing. Da, 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 da. Okay. His girlfriend ends up signing up for my big program. Okay. And I said, Hey, you can come while you're up here and learn how to do this thing. Da, 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 da. This all happened in December. Two months later, he has a 50-person paid membership group. He's a trainer, by the way, teaching wow. people how to get abs. Nice. Called Ab Wars. And he's charging them the highest price point he's ever charged. Any of his clients for the 14 years he's been a trainer per month, 50 people. He did that in one month. 50 people over one month paying him every single month to get abs. So you're telling me, you all, that if you don't, and by the way, what is he doing? He's just working in the era of wealth that we're in. That's it. He was just focusing on the wrong stuff. He quit his job that he had at this hospital. And now he's doing this full-time, making the same amount of money as he was making with four jobs, with 50 people online, paying him month over month over month. You guys, this is all available to all of us. And I'm telling you right now, you can learn this at PT BizCon. I can be the opening act for you at Invincible Challenge. Mm -hmm. If you're tired, you're burned out, you're worn out, you're just doing it wrong. Do you think he would have gotten the same results if he had done it for free? Nope. I agree. 100% agree. I tell people like, you know, who I who I know and love, who are in my circle, you know, like best friends or even cousins. I was like, hey, I've got this program that's going to help you. I was like, just make a donation to your favorite charity. Send me the receipt and I'll give you the... I'll give you the program or buy the program and I'll send the money to a charity. You know, and they, they still it. don't I always do, really it. Good way to do it. I haven't thought about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah I like, I right. like that. You know, because, because I, it's what, it's like one of the reasons we we're going to give it away for free is because I don't really want your money because you're my friend. But right. I know as a business coach that if you don't put some skin in the game, you're not going to take it seriously and not going to get results. 100% yeah. agree. 100% agree.
So, so, so that's yeah. awesome. So, all right, if you want to participate in Greg's challenge, it's labourconsulting.com forward slash Greg. I'll also put a, we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, Greg, thanks for coming on the show today. This was dope. Yeah, was man. Really good. This is a typical conversation that we have. I know. It's not, it's not <laughs> and, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, in March at PT BizCon. And I'm, dude, I can't wait to come down to Clearwater uh, for your event, Smart Success Healthcare, live in June. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited, man. So excited. So excited. It's gonna be killer. It's going to be killer. All right. Um, if someone wants to find you, what's the best place for them to look you up if they have no clue who you are? Uh, YouTube, Greg Todd PT. Actually, Greg Todd SSHC. Good. Just go to YouTube. Put in Greg Todd. You'll find me. Go to Instagram, Greg Todd. Go over at Greg Todd. If you go to my site, gregtodtv.com. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Greg, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you a ton. I'm looking forward to uh, our other figuring out what our other two meetups are going to be this year. But, I think uh, one needs to be down here and then yeah. one needs to be up there. Fair? Yeah. Fair enough. I think that'd be great. All right. Let's awesome. do it. All right, man. We'll talk Thank soon. You. All right, later. Bye. Hey, that's it for the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Go out there, be invincible. See you at PT BizCon. See you inside Greg's Challenge. And we'll see you on the next show.